0: For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his two riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, Help purify the feet of those who preach the good news. This is the word of God.
1: Please be seated. Yesterday we had our annual hiking trip. And it was actually a really good time, but um, my knees are killing me right now. Uh, just started happening, so I guess that's what age does to you. But um, hopefully um, next year when we do it again, uh, those of us who weren't able to join, you could join us. But uh, it, is, it was a good time. Anyways, <clears throat> we're continuing here on, on the topic of missions here a little bit. We are dedicating somewhat, at least the messages, to uh, our church in terms of missions and kind of gearing us up for uh, Paul and Susan and the kids to start sharing their thing as well and to kind of hopefully renew a little bit of more understanding and desire to do missions. And so I decided to look at this passage as a challenge to help us to better understand if, if uh, we haven't ever thought about it, about what missions means for us, what it means for the church. Um, When you read here in verse 13 of our passage that Amy just read for us, Paul says this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Paul, the Apostle Paul, probably one of the greatest missionaries to live on earth, this side of heaven, has a mission, His goal, we're told. He tells us that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then in verses 14 to 15, he breaks that down for us by asking how. And there are four hows that he gives us. First, he says, how will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And so there's a belief that needs to happen, a kind of belief that calls on God. God. And then the second, he says, how how are they to believe if they've never heard of him? And so the thing we learn here is that the thing that has to be believed in order to call on God is some news, some message about a person named Jesus Christ that has to be heard. And then he says, the fourth how, how are they going to hear that message without someone preaching? And so it is apparent that the message that has to be heard has to be communicated. It has to be preached, shared by someone. And in verse 15, who is that? It's someone that is sent. How are they to preach unless they are sent? So now Paul gives us we have a calling on the Lord for salvation because there's a believing that happens in this person, in this work of Jesus Christ. And they've come to this because they heard something of the, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And how did they hear it? Through preaching, communicating, through sharing the gospel, this good news, this message of who Jesus is, what he did, and why we should trust him. And it came through someone else that was sent. Right. If I could rephrase this last how, how are they to preach unless they are sent, I could rephrase it this way. How is this message heard? How is this message to be communicated? How is this this truth to be shared? How is the voice of God heard? How are God's extended hands seen? How is His patience and love and His grace, how are these things known? And the answer He sends people. He sends messengers to share a message. Not just to preach it, but to share it, to show it. In other words, God, under his sovereign grace and mercy, sends people to save people. He sends people to save people. And so here in a nutshell, we have the Apostle Paul, a missionary, okay, who is describing missionaries. The word itself, mission, comes from the Latin word missio, which literally means to send. To be on mission, then, means to, in effect, be sent. A missionary is someone who was sent by God to share a message, to share a truth that he believed can change the life and the destiny of a people he loved. Okay, let me me repeat this. A missionary, someone who is sent by God to share a truth that he or she believes can change the life and the destiny of a people God loves. Now here's a question I have for you. Why would anyone then want to really be a missionary? Well, it's simple. Okay, let me try to make it really simple here. We just said it. It's because you have a combination of truth and love. It's as simple as that. You have a combination of truth and love. You have a truth that you believe can help someone, even maybe change the life of someone. And you have someone you care about, you love. Truth and love. Paul says elsewhere in Ephesians chapter 4, that's what he says. We speak, and when we speak, how do we do it? We speak it with truth and love. And this is important. It's very simple. I help you to understand this. You could have love, but if you've got no truth, you've got no mission. And vice versa, if you, if you have truth, but you have no love, like you don't care about people, you also have no mission. And so we need to be careful because some of us here today, we could be saying, well, this, doesn't, this message, it doesn't apply to me because after all, I'm not a missionary. I'm not sent. And so I don't have to say or do anything. But what I want to argue here in a basic and very broad way, if you've got some truth, in fact, you believe even life-changing truth, maybe your own life is changed by it, and you love someone, you love anyone, you have to be on mission. You have to be on a mission. The only difference is what kind of mission is it? Let me give you an example. Suppose you know someone in your family who you love, okay, but who always feels sick. Always feels sick because he or she keeps eating apple pies for breakfast and lunch and dinner. Always say because he does this or she does this. So you've got some truth. And the truth is they need to stop eating pie right? They need to eat a salad once in a while. They need to hit the gym now and then just for good measure. And that would save them, maybe save their life from a a future heart attack. And you love this person, and you know this truth. What do you do? Even when they refuse to listen, what do you do? You've got to persuade them. You've got to make your case. Look how fat you're getting. Look how much you weigh. Look at your blood pressure. You've got to make your case. That's evangelism. That's evangelism. But that's the mission for you, isn't it? Because you got some truth, and you love someone. You have to do it. You've got to go on a mission. You want to do it. You see, when we say the word mission or missionaries in church, we tend to think particularly of those people who go to places that no one wants to go to and who do things that nobody wants to do. And that's why you might feel that the idea of missions or missionaries is somewhat foreign to you. It's irrelevant to you, maybe reserved for a certain type of people, uh, maybe a more spiritual type of person. But when you think in terms of loving someone enough to tell them helpful truth, even life-saving truth, then here's the thing. At some point in all of our lives, all of our lives, all of us are on some kind of mission today. All the time. You've got children. You love your children. You want them to be successful in school. Here's the truth. If you study hard, you will get good grades. If you get good grades, you will get into a good school. That's the truth. You need to persuade them of that truth. You know, you have someone you love. You eat right. Here's the truth. Eat right. You'll stay healthier. You'll live longer. That's, that's the truth. You love this person. If you make this decision, if you take this path, if you think like this, if you look like this, if you live like this, this is how you will grow or thrive or be successful or be even a little better. Missions is not a foreign idea. We do missions all the time. We just disagree on what kind of mission it is. We're always trying to convince Always trying to persuade, always trying to inform people that we love with important truths. So missions this way, if you think about it this way, it isn't just something we have to do. It becomes something we should do, but it also becomes something we want to do. Because we love and we have truth. It's basic, basic You can't avoid this. Now let's bring that idea back into the church. Everyone is on a mission of some sort, so so does the church. It's no different. The church does too. The church has a mission. The church is a mission. Did you know when we started this church, our official status is what? Mission church. To be a church, that was the mission. Right? Right? And Christians, if you're a Christian today, you need to be on missions. Why? Because you've got some truth. Something about God, something about Jesus saving your life, something about you know, eternal whatever it is. You've got truth, and you've got love. You love God enough to love people enough to communicate a truth that's not just helpful, but life-changing, Think about, look, think about this. If we, the church, believed we have that, that kind of truth, how can we not be on mission? Everything else in life we do. If you, as a Christian, really, really believe that you've got something that's really important and you love somebody else, how can you not? It's basic, foundational Missions is basic, not just to our lives, it's basic to the church. It's foundational, it's integral to the church. And if this is true, think about this. If this is true, it doesn't make sense then that we only talk about missions once a year. It doesn't make sense that we only devote missions once a month, maybe in the summer or even a couple of weeks. It's unfortunate that we have to take something that's so basic and fundamental to the Christian life in the church and have to dedicate only a month just to raise awareness. Hey, remember missions? Now, I know some of us, we might be thinking, hey, you know, P.F., are you saying that you want everyone in the church to go out and do missions? Are you telling everyone, just because Paul and Susan are here, are you telling everyone to go out to Cambodia, like everyone to go out to Cambodia? Are you telling everyone to go out and preach and teach the gospel truth? Are you trying to send out everyone? I'm not, okay? Don't worry. I'm not. Two reasons, okay? One reason is because I'm afraid some of us would do a really bad job. Um... so in that sense, not everyone. But the second reason is, not everyone's called to that. See, th- there is a calling. There is a more official, vocational calling to be a legitimate missionary. I have a calling to be a vocational pastor in a church. Everyone can't be a pastor, so everyone can't be an uh, official missionary. Not everyone is called to it in this sense. And if everyone was, then there'd be no church. So that is something given to a few. That's not what I'm saying. But having said that, even though the official vocational calling to missions is given to a few, there is a responsibility that's given to all. Not every one of us may be called and sent out to teach or preach or proclaim the gospel in any official ecclesiastical way. But think about this, okay? Look, every Sunday we come to church, Right, Those of us, hopefully. Uh, Every Sunday we come to church. You hear a message. And then we praise and we sing and we pray. and And then we end the service, how? With a benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Shine his grace upon you and so on and so forth. We give you a benediction. What is it? It's a pronouncement of blessing. Why? So that when you leave the church and you go out back into your life, into world... He goes with you. You're sent back out into the world to live for Him. Maybe not to preach. Maybe not to teach. But certainly all of us to communicate, to share, to express, to live out the truth to people we love around us. Every Sunday, you come in, out of the world, out of your daily routines, and into the church. Hear a message of Jesus Christ. Receive a blessing. Now you go out and live your life in light of that truth. What is that? That's a mission. We communicate, share, show, all the time, every time, for better or for worse. Let me ask you a question. How are you proclaiming? How are you communicating the gospel in your life today? What are we communicating, showing to people around us at work or in our homes, to to our spouses, with our children, with our friends, outside to the rest of the world where the communication needs to happen, whether you're intentional about it or not? It's always happening. You're always sharing something. As the world looks at you as someone who goes to church, what are you communicating about the love and the truth of Jesus Christ that you have heard, that you have received and believed? What are you communicating to others around you in your words, your actions, your attitudes, your responses, your emotions? How are you representing the God you come to worship on any given Sunday to the world or your world? Your world outside in your work, or your home, your children, your families, or your friends. What do they see? What do they see? If you're a Christian today, you've got some truth. And hopefully, you've got some love for some people. And that means we're on a mission of a sort. But let's be very honest, the biggest hindrance, I think, to Christian mission and evangelism, the biggest hindrance are Christians. The biggest hindrance to Christian mission, I think, are Christians. The biggest word I hear from non-Christians, and even some Christians, in reference to the church, is the word hypocrisy hypocrisy. If there is any person that should be the most humble, the most loving, the most gracious kind of people, as well as a desire for right living, it should be a Christian, I would think. And for a world that needs to hear the truth of grace and love and this gospel so that they might believe in and become saved, that's very hard to happen. When all the world sees are self-proclaimed Christians who ought to bear that message, live a life, but is so lacking in grace and love towards even each other. So lacking in the message of Christ in their lives, practically, inwardly, outwardly, when the world sees Christians living like this, even fighting with each other, hating amongst each other, struggling with each other sinfully, what kind of message do you think we're communicating? What kind of gospel do you think we believe in? How in the world do you think you will be able to take the gospel effectively to the world if you can't even take it hold of it very much at home right? Hypocrisy I know some of us we think if we've been in church for long enough, we think, oh, we have to do missions because that's what churches do, and if we don't do mission stuff in the church then then we won't really be a church or that if we don't do missions, then then the church in the world won't grow it won't multiply and the message won't spread and that's 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 problematic that's dangerous i don't think that's a problem i don't think that's it i don't think the danger is well if no one from church goes out to do missions then the church may one day cease to exist and function i don't think that's the danger or that if we don't do missions like a church, then nobody's going to go to a church one day. I don't, think that's a, I don't think that's a danger either. God does not need you to do his missions, to do his will. He'll always find a way. The danger is not, will the church in the world survive or even grow if we don't do missions? But rather, I think, at least in our country, the greatest danger is that because of the hardness of many people's hearts who go to church, the hearts of people outside the church, those in the world will see us, and they won't care about church or about God or about anything you have to say. It won't matter. The danger, I think, It's not that, well, if we don't do missions, the church is not going to be a church. No, the danger is to the world outside, we won't matter. Your faith won't matter because it's irrelevant. Because if you've got a message and a truth to share, but it doesn't really work even in your own life right now, right here, then what good is it going to be to the rest of the world who needs it? Who needs that? It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Good for you. And if that happens, we become an irrelevant church existing in a modern world, an insignificant, ineffective, sitting on the sidelines a group of people just trying to get along with themselves in their holy little huddles, so to speak. And that's why the apostle Paul's question should be asked, not just to some of us, but to all of us. How will they believe if they have not heard? How will they hear if no one preaches, no one communicates, no one shares the gospel message? Not are you doing this, how? How are you doing this? Your love, your grace, your mercy, not just to non-Christians, but especially to fellow Christians. We have no excuse. Absolutely no excuse not to love and show grace and mercy. Not just to non-believers, but also to fellow believers. There's no excuse. We're all on mission, so to speak. And if we're struggling with this, it means either we don't really believe that this truth is really true for you, or you just don't care, you've got no love. Either way is a dead end. But look at the alternative. At the end of our passage, Paul says, blessed are the feet of those who bring good news. Blessed are the feet of those who bring good news. God blesses, God sent messengers. And you know, actually, I'm tempted to think here that when Paul wrote that verse, I think he was maybe thinking of a specific feat, particular feat that are blessed. I think he was probably thinking of Jesus Christ himself, the one missionary even greater than himself, the Apostle Paul. It was Jesus, right? Sent from heaven, leave his home, come into a foreign land, not just to preach and teach a truth, but to share his life, to give his life for people he loves. Blessed are his hands and feet, pierced for our transgressions. Jesus, he's a person of missions. He is the mission. And I think what Paul wants to say is that anyone in contact with this person becomes a person of mission. Because if you've got both truth and love, you believe in both truth and love, this gospel truth and love, then guess what? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Blessed are you if you share. Blessed are you if you preach and proclaim. Blessed are you if you act, you obey, you love, and you live this truth out outside these walls into a world that needs to hear and also see good news. Blessed are you. Let's pray. Father, no matter where we are, no matter how small our faith, no matter how weak, it's enough to recognize your strength, your hope, and your grace. We pray that we look not to ourselves, but to you. We pray that what we know and believe about you, what we trust about your love for us, your work for us, is enough to encourage us to persevere in living out our life in a way that communicates those truths, not just to ourselves privately in our own minds, our own hearts, but also outwardly, even publicly, to where we find ourselves, surrounded by whoever. We don't have to be missionaries to be on mission. We don't have to be called to a particular vocation to share communicate, express the gospel things in our lives to others. We're given opportunity every day in our very own homes to our spouses, our families, our children. And oftentimes, Lord, we oftentimes come short of that. We pray that you'll give us a desire to be blessed. Not only our feet, our mouths, our hands, our eyes would be blessed because we show and we bring good news to people who need to hear. Not just unbelievers, but even fellow believers who need to be reminded, encouraged, who need to be reminded that they have a God who loves them. Even though things are very difficult, a God who cares still, even though we're not sure what you're doing Because you've given us your Son Christ. You've shown us love. You've given us that truth. So let us do the same. Give us a burden for missions in a most practical way at home, and then our neighborhoods, and maybe even our our country, and and even abroad Mm. to the world outside. We pray that would be so. It's what you've called the church and Christians, too. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.